You are listening to the Homeland Heroes Salute, sharing stories to heal and honor our heroes. This podcast is brought to you by the Homeland Heroes Foundation and produced by Dairy Cam. This podcast sometimes deals with mature content that may not be suitable for a younger audience and could be triggering for some individuals. Discretion is advised. The views expressed by our guests and others are solely their own. No views expressed in this podcast represent any of the uniform services, the Homeland Heroes Foundation, Dairy Cam, or any other organization. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Homeland Heroes Salute. My name is Alyssa, and joining us today is, as host is Art Briggs. We're joined again by Bob. And to hear the first part, first and second part of Bob's story, go back and listen now to our previous episodes. All right, welcome back, Bob and Art. Uh, we're going to dive into. Um, Coming home, um, what has happened since your service um, and where you are in life today? Um, All right. Did you have any challenges in coming home? No. I I went into the military knowing I was going to serve, but I also had an exit plan kind of already devised. And going back to what I was talking about my, in the first part of the podcast is, you know, growing up, I always knew I wanted to do two things, and that was be in the military and be a firefighter. So I I already had that in mind saying, okay, I'm going to go serve. And, and while I'm in serving, I'm going to, you know, take every civil service test that comes along and, you know, hopefully be able to have a, you know, be able to interview for a job when I get home and put myself in line to, you know, be a candidate. So I took a makeup exam for the civil service where in 2004 and those results came out and I ended up topping the fire department list. So timing couldn't have worked out any better for me because uh, I was, you know, getting out at the end of 2005 and I got a card for one open position as a fireman uh, starting in uh, October. So it was kind of like, it was right on the cusp. I, I would have went over a little bit. I was supposed to get out in November, but, um, you know, when I showed the military and went through the, uh, hiring process, the military actually was super lenient with letting me, you know, make trips up to Massachusetts to do, you know, a physical test, uh, interview, a medical exam, and then a psychological exam. So a lot of people think that, you know, the military is going to tie your feet down when it comes time to get discharged and, you know, go out into the civilian world, but it's actually the exact opposite. If you let your commanding officer know, and it doesn't matter what branch it is, these guys are there to help you. And they know that not everybody that serves is going to stay in there for a full 20 years. So if they're getting you for three or four years, they're going to do everything they can to help you be successful on the outside, which is what the Navy CBs, they, they help me, you know, make the hiring process as seamless as possible by giving me liberties to travel home and, and, you know, do all these uh, criteria steps to getting, you know, the full, full job as a fireman. So I tell everybody, you know, that's going into the military that has kind of the same roadmap that I was following, uh, you know, when a lot of these guys in Massachusetts follow the plan of, okay, I'm going to serve. And then, natural, you know, transition of service is to serve as a police officer, fireman, um, you know, municipal worker, it's kind of all the same thing, but 
it, they were very, very helpful in, you know, helping me make that transition. So I had a basically a job waiting for me uh, when I got out with, with really no downtime of work. So that was, that was one good thing. And, you know, then I also, at the same time I had plan B, which was go into the helmets, the hard hat program, uh, which is available, not just to CVs, to any mil- veteran in Massachusetts that, you know, is looking for a job, getting out of the military. There's a whole list of jobs in the construction, Boston construction industry, that you can get into a union as a um, first-year apprenticeship and learn a trade or you know pick up a trade that you were doing in the military. So, uh, in conjunction with the getting on the fire department, I got into the Iron Workers Local Seven and was uh, in that program and as a uh, second-year apprentice for that union. So. Um, Massachusetts had a lot of great options for veterans coming home to kind of select from. And uh, even if a guy was lost, you can kind of get into a labor position job just to, you know, just to keep, keep them on their feet and keep them busy. Cause that's the biggest thing with any veteran getting out, they're used to a certain pace. And then when they come home, it just stops and you get, you have a serious problem on your hand when a veteran gets bored because usually you know you could go one of two directions you know sometimes it's not good you know these guys will will find time to do something so but if you put them to work they're going to be the best workers you have when did you decide to create your own business so i again had that entrepreneurial bug in me from prior to the military through high school i you know, had a really good set of tools to bring into the civilian world. And I was working various jobs. It was right after I got graduated from the fire department, uh, basic training there is when I started looking into seeing what I could do on my own, you know, to uh, just to fill in my off days and have little side jobs. And I, I thought I wanted to be in the concrete industry you know, doing walkways or even concrete cutting. I was kind of working various jobs and then it got slow in the fall. And I, someone had mentioned, you should get your CDL and just, you know, work for a few months driving an oil truck. So I started working for a small local company. And then I, you know, that's when the light bulb went off. I was like, wow, this is something that I, you know, could work around the fire department with. It could be very seasonal. I could just work in the wintertime and then, you know, park the truck and enjoy my summers and just be a fireman. So the following year, I took out a SBA loan. Small Business Administration uh, lent me $25,000 in unsecured loan because I didn't have a house or, you know, anything to put up. I had really nothing to my name as I was just getting going in life at 23. At that time, I was 24, going on 25. So uh, they took a shot on me, and they they did that. There was uh, through a veteran. It was a veteran program that would link you to different banks that uh, had these loans available. So um, we were able to, you know, find a, a bank that would give us this loan, and I bought a used oil truck for seven thousand dollars, and I went into business uh, 2007. 
October of 2007 is, uh, you know, I had one truck and just, you know, I was work driving and delivering oil. My wife was in the office. Uh, she was the office manager, but there was only, you know, two employees, me and my wife. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's kind of how we got started. My wife, you know, still, she's, you know, my partner in everything I do. So now, um, now her role transitioned in, into a very large role and now she's our CFO. Um, and she, you know, manages our whole office and we have, um, just under 50 employees. So we, you know, from where we were 12 years ago, I would kind of like, how did, how did this all happen so quickly? And, you know, we, uh, we put our heads down and worked hard, but our word of mouth in the Boston area, uh, spread very good for us. And, you know, a lot of that is due to the brotherhood of the veteran community, the police, the, the fire department, the uh, local municipal uh, cities and town employees. Because when I, when I started my business, Broker Oil, I always had in the back of my head that I'm going to give every everybody who's a veteran, police officer, fireman, anybody who serves, municipal worker, they're all getting a discount. Even teachers get a discount. So I, I went around to all these cities and towns to let them know I'm, you know, just a fireman that's starting a business and I want to make sure I take care of the people who serve our communities every day and give them a discount for, you know, their heating oil needs. So uh, that that's, you know, how I got going and I was always brought up because my whole family was veterans and civil servants is that you, you know, take care of those who take care of you. So that's how, um, that's how we kind of started broke oil and that's kind of why we got to where we are today. That's awesome. That's a fantastic success story. And I like the, um, would you say that we take care of people who take, say that again? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we take care the people that serve us. We, we serve them by, you know, yeah. we give them discounts and, you know, we try to do, especially now that we, you know, at, in the beginning it was tough because the first five years of being in business, it's, those are your, make or break years that yeah. you're not collecting a paycheck and you know you almost say you're working for free uh especially the first two years so i i me or my wife didn't collect a check and you know there were tough times because we're you know and everybody was looking at us like you guys are starting an oil company i'm like not thinking it's crazy but people were looking at us like it was crazy because you just you know oil that's crazy it's you know but it wasn't as crazy as, you know, everybody seems to think. We would start off just doing heating oil. But, you know, to where we are now, yeah, I would say it, it might have been a little crazy. I, I, you know, we activated, you know, bought a property up in Haverhill, Massachusetts. And, you know, now we activated a railroad switch and we have product coming in off the railroad. So those these are things that when I was starting, if I look to where we are at in the business now, I'd say, no, there's no way. And this I try to share my story because for veterans because I, I would be the first one to say if hey if i could do it anybody can do it you know if you just put your head down and, and just work hard like so many good things can happen you just gotta block out the background noise and just put your head down and just work definitely was there anything when you came home um was there anything that was unexpected not not really i wouldn't say i, I mean to tell you the truth the military prepares you to expect anything. So that's where I think our mindsets were, you know, my mindset was changed from previously 
to coming out, everybody's like, wow, you are just a different person. You're more motivated. Uh, before I might see something and say, oh, that's an obstacle. I don't think I want to take that challenge on or it's too risky. Coming out of the military, I honestly, I, if I saw an obstacle, I looked at it as a challenge and I'd just try to sprint right through that. Um, and I try to do that with everything I do is don't be afraid to take risks. You know, and if you, and if you take a risk and you fail, you get back up and you do it again. And the military really gave me that confidence to, to keep going. Like when things get tough, you know, just keep going. Cause it can only get better. If you feel like you're at a bottom, good. Cause the only way to go is up. For sure. So the Patriots didn't teach you that lesson. The military taught you that lesson. <laughs> well, sure, the Patriots did because they started winning Super Bowls when I was going in. So, you know, they were coming out of a, a rut. But yeah, yeah, my, my, minus, when they, minus when they played the Giants. I mean, let's just okay. put that out there. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was a tough, that was a tough loss. I'll, I'll say that one. I, that one still stings me. So both of them, right? That's what happens when you play the best football team in the world. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, it's just the man, the Manning brothers, uh, they got us in, in two ways. So that was the tough one. Hey, Bob, um, you talk a lot about brotherhood. You talk a lot about, like, uh, especially with firefighting. Uh, do, you, uh, do you feel that serving is something that – gives you resiliency as a veteran that has served or, or makes you feel complete. Uh, so uh, let me go back before that question and just say like our veterans are struggling for belonging. They're struggling for, you know, um, things to do that have value in the sense of what they used to do and they find themselves yep. just not complete. How, how it has your journey uh, been different? Like, Talk about, if you will, the brotherhood, uh, being part of a team with your oil company and being on the, the fire department and different organizations that you serve with to include Homeland Heroes. So, you know, it, I, I fell into a really good place of, you know, of a team that involved, you know, a lot of veterans. And my old man, when he served in the fire department and my uncle was also a firefighter, there was always a group of veterans and, you know, when you have other guys that have done what you've done, you know, that makes these veterans feel comfortable. So a lot of the veterans are, you know, just a regular hardworking guys. So you'll see them in most of these blue collar jobs. Um, you know, you have your rare, you know, white collar suit and tie veteran workers, you know, and they, but they still have the mentality and they get it done, you know, just with hard work. So I think it, it, it's a good atmosphere for, any veteran. And, you know, I was fortunate to have a department that had, you know, all these new veterans coming on as the Vietnam era was just retiring. So uh, um, those are the ones I say that got to the veterans coming home. Like it's a great place for you guys. Um, you'll fit right in with what you were used to in the military, no matter what branch you served in, uh, because it is a paramilitary structure. So, and we respond to calls and we help people and it's, it's everything, you know, and they keeps their excitement and, you know, it keeps them engaged, which is important because these guys are used to a certain mode and operating at that mode. And then when they come home and if they're sitting behind a desk, that's, that's usually not the mode that they're used to. They want to, they want to be, you know, 
making a difference every day. So I, I think, you know, anything in the emergency response world, uh, even, you know, being a nurse, doc, um, EMT, those are great positions for them as well. So it, it was, it was a good, um, good atmosphere to bring any veteran into. Like, and how important is it for you to develop a team in your company and make people feel included like a unit did in the military? So it, it's been easy to implement because we started off with just me and my wife. And as you know, we'd gain an employee, um, you know, I would do all the hiring. So I'd make sure, you know, I select not just the, the skill set, but I'd also select a personality that would match our company culture. So, you know, being in that hiring process and I'm still, you know, I still do do most of the hiring. I've kind of delegated that to our, you know, signed an operations manager. Um, but he understands how I work and how our culture is. He's, he's not a veteran, but, you know, having somebody that at least has that mindset and knows what, what we strive for here. Um, so it's been easy to implement. And now I'm at a good point now where I can actually start recruiting um, veterans that really have no experience, but are, if they're willing to learn and willing to work hard, I could take them in at an apprentice level because we have so many different things other than oil delivery that we're doing. Uh, we, we're, we're doing uh, railroad work. Um, we have, actually have a railroad project going on right now where we're, we're going to be building a uh, 600-foot railroad track additional to our current one. And so we have some pretty cool jobs that are opening up and I'm going to use your podcast to do a little recruitment for anybody that knows a veteran that might be looking for a job to send them my way because a lot of opportunities up in Haverhill, Massachusetts for these guys, if they are just willing to come to work on time and, and work hard. So I'll, uh, I'll put that out into the world through your podcast, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Not at all. Hi, this is Bob Brown from Broke Oil, and I'm just reaching out to all the veteran community and letting you guys know that we are a veteran-owned company, and we have open doors for any veteran that's looking for a job opportunity. I want to direct you guys to our website at www.brokeoil.com. And drop us a note. I want to get to know you guys, what your story is, and see if there's an opportunity for me to get you guys in here as we're growing uh, across New England. So please check us out. Apply, inquire. If you need any assistance, you can call the main line uh, and ask for me, Bob Brown. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, so if anyone in the Massachusetts Haverhill area is looking for a job, um, check them out. So veteran unemployment me on the on the website. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So veteran unemployment is something that is a hot topic. And being an employer and being a veteran that has sought jobs, uh, what would be some advice you'd have for our brothers and sisters that are getting out of the military and like, hey, uh, what what is next for me? Uh, how do what would be the advice for interviews or even finding a job and can you talk talk to us about that a little bit? Yeah, and and it kind of varies from state to state because uh, some states aren't as veteran friendly as they should be. Massachusetts is a great state for being veteran friendly because we have a very big initiative to hire veterans through all these good state programs that they you know activated through helmets to hard hats and other various you know even 
I offer people that knows of a veteran coming home to contact me because, you know, I, I like to first sit down and see what, what their interests are and, you know, make sure that I'm steering them in the right direction. But there's so many good tools. And if you have a good network and a few people that you can, you know, talk to one-on-one, uh, they can help you really develop a good strategy for you to get to, you know, where you want to be. So a lot of these people, uh, kids don't know that they can take advantage of all the post 9-11 GI Bill benefits. Um, you know, certain kids have a tough time, you know, that got hurt in the military getting their dis- disability status and vocational rehabilitation programs, which, you know, fund a good portion of a school beyond your post 9-11 GI Bill benefits. Because, you know, that when that runs out, it's kind of capped off. But there's other ways that, you know, the military will help you pursue, you know, your goal through education if if you ran out of money and needed to find more funding. Um, so it's just knowing who to go to. But um, the civil service uh, route in Massachusetts is really good. And every city and town usually has... Um, a public safety sector that will, and a veteran liaison that will help them find a job with whatever interest um, interests them. So I always tell them to look at that route, but I personally try to steer all these guys that are coming home from manual labor positions to, you know, take, take the firefighter entrance exam because they give you absolute preference. You get veterans preference, which puts you to the top of the list over civilians. So you know, now you're just competing amongst veterans and not just a whole city worth of civilians taking a test. So uh, just to have no kids don't know that they can get that preference, um, which you know, is it pretty much guarantees you a job if you know you can pass the physical and medical exam. But you have to pass it first. But a, a lot of these guys have no problem passing it. That really and that, that's another thing that, that I always open up and, you know, I'm on the phone a lot with, you know, kids I've never met in person. It's just someone's, you know, says, Hey, you know, I know this guy that, you know, would love to, you know, just get some advice. And I say, yeah, give him my cell phone number, have him give me a call. I don't mind, you know, if I can help anybody out, you know, that's what, what we're all here for. A- any veteran that, you know, has served is usually, the same way. We're very willing to help others. Is there anything you miss about active service? Not, not that I know of. I, I mean, other than just kind of coming, you know, everybody, when I was in the military was wondering what motivated me. And when I told you about, you know, being in a leadership position in boot camp, and then, you know, I, I made petty officer very quickly in the military and I carried that up back on, um, you know, not just starting my business, but, you know, I, you know, became a lieutenant at, you know, 26 and a captain, 29. So a lot of these going against the tide with certain people that would tell you, oh, no, don't take the test for at least 15 years. And I'm I'm on the other end of the spectrum telling these guys, especially veterans, take the test. You're already already case hardened. You're proven. You, You know, you can lead in crisis. Leadership in crisis is the biggest thing that we do. So these guys that are just getting out looking to advance themselves, I tell them, do not, do not let anybody tell you to, you know, you should wait this. It's like, no, he can, that other guy can wait that time. 
if you want to take that, take it now. And, and you know, that's your life. So, you know, Roy, I try to get guys that are not just want to be firemen or policemen, but tell them guys take the promotional exam. You're already great leaders from coming in the mil from being in the military. You can apply it here. It's going to work perfect. Mm. Do you find that a lot of people will be hesitant to do that uh, largely because uh, they don't know how their military experience actually measures up to corporate America or fire department stuff? Uh, and, and your yes. encouragement to, to do this is helpful for that. Yeah. And, and this is one thing where I'll say my my uncle more so uh, than my father. Because my father was a super hardworking guy, but he uh, he was a tree arborist on the side. He had a side job while he was on the fire department. So he never had time to study and, you know, do promotional exam. But my uncle, uh, he was a captain, and he was also a very, you know, young lieutenant, young captain coming out of Vietnam. And, you know, he did a full year out out in the field there. So um, you know, him coming back to the fire department, it's like, this is a cakewalk. I mean, if you can lead in that situation, this is, this is absolutely perfect because, you know, the toughest thing you're ever going to do is most likely going to be what you did overseas, not back here, you know, fire, fire, building fires are unpredictable, but you know, at least you're not getting shot at. So all, all these guys coming in, they, I think they, you know, they're, they're younger guys and they'll take in these jobs and, you know, they just don't want the senior guys, you know, looking down on them at all. But again, I'm the type that say, says, you know, no, you take that exam. Like these certain people will lift you up. And that's what the veteran community does. It's like, you know, motivates them and supports them to pursue that stuff and not holds them back like some civilians would do and say, oh, you should wait for that. It's like, no, you were you were 18 years old signing that blank check for the military to put you wherever you want they want in the world. I said, you're more mature than anybody. And you, you know, you learn super quick. And some of these kids that serve for four years, you know, have, you know, seen a lot. So I always say, take the test. You are more than ready to do it and just motivate guys to, you know, not be afraid to, you know, go against the grain, so to say. Definitely. So that was my only, my only last piece I wanted to share just to, you know, but the veterans and the, you know, everybody know that, you know, you got a good support group everywhere you go, but you know, never, never let people hold you back, especially, you know, people that haven't done and been where, you know, these guys have been. Absolutely. And I was going to ask you, what advice would you give um, to someone enlisting or someone coming home? But I think um, you gave a pretty good answer, but could you summarize just real quick? the advice you would give someone to first someone enlisting into the military and then secondly, someone coming home from the military. Yes. For somebody enlisting in the military, I'd, I'd always say, you know, enlist and go in, you know, with a purpose. If you want to, you know, serve infantry and be in the field, do that. Do, if you want to learn a trade, select that position. If you want to carry it on the outside, but, you know, select something that you're going to love to do because there's nothing worse than doing something that you don't want to do. So there's plenty of jobs in the military and they'll support anything you want to do. You just have to tell them what job you're interested in before you sign the paper, because once when that's signature, it's tough to change, you know, your job rating. But, um, and people that are more or less spinning the wheels and not really knowing 
if college is the way to go and, you know, they're not really looking at the military, I tell everybody in that situation to definitely look at the military because if anything, it's going to give you a sense of purpose, a sense of duty and responsibility, um, ownership of, you know, you just learn a lot of life lessons just by serving. And there's really no downfall to, to serve in the military. Honestly, everything has been a positive, um, for my sake and for a lot of the other guys coming out, there's a large support group and plenty of, um, you know, education assistance. So there's, there's really a lot of tools they can use to better themselves in the future. And for the guys coming out or even in, I always tell them start, you know, developing an exit strategy prior to leaving and figure out where you want to live first and then see what job you want to do and then start, you know, taking those tests or, you know, going to school while you're in the military to get a degree so you can get into the job placement that you want. So um, I always tell guys to have, you know, a good exit plan, you know, developed. And then if you don't have an exit plan and you're already out and, you know, you're not happy with where you're at, uh, I'd look at doing exactly what, you know, I did, which was the civil service route or uh, look at the SBA, which helps, you know, veterans, you know, small business uh, lending programs. If you think you want to start your own business, uh, there's a lot of good tools and there's awesome veteran networks of small business owners that would help out anybody that's even thinking about starting a business. And, you know, me being included in that list, I, I open all my doors to any veteran that would ever want advice or just talk or, you know, need employment. So um, my door is always open for those guys as well. So that's, that's the piece of advice I would give. That's awesome. <clears throat> all right. So I've got, um, well, before I ask, I got two more questions for you, but Art, do you have any other things you wanted to ask? Bob? Yeah, no, I just want to thank you for the, you know, what, the work that you've done, the trail that you blazed, uh, you make it sound easy. And I'm sure there's uh, people listening. They're like, wow. Uh, that he makes it sound so easy, but I'm facing uh, numerous challenges. And while you had a positive experience and I'm, I'm not taking that away from you at all, I'm so glad that you did. There's a lot of people out there that have had really terrible experiences uh, and I'm sure we'll, we'll interview them as well. So it's good to yeah. hear your side it, of the story. It, Bob. Yeah. I was going to say, so I, I helped out and he's one of my best friends now, but th this was a kid that, was in the army and he got out and he was um yeah hispanic you he, he would have been the first hispanic firefighter ever hired by salem massachusetts fire department he'd be awesome to have on your show by the way if because he is the most giving person ever he's a fireman now but they uh bypassed him and then he had called me and said oh yeah i'm just gonna you know i'm gonna take this uh job and he was gonna be you know be a hairdresser and something else and I said, wait a minute, they bypassed you for what? He was number one on the list. And I said, no, 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 that fuck that. I said, you got to put it in an appeal. And he's like, I don't have lawyer fees. I was like, I'm going to represent you because like, there's, there's no way you're going to get bypassed. You're more deserving. And long story short, we got, we got his, you know, their decision overturned. And he ended up being hired as Salem Mass's first um, Hispanic firefighter. Wow. That's so good. 
Yeah, and I, I throw that one out there because because he was the one who was like, I didn't want to ruffle feathers. I'm like, nope. I'm like, you, that's an obstacle. You gotta you gotta run through that because that was it was bullshit what they were trying to bypass him on because someone's son was on the list, you know. Right, right. So it's so motivating to hear you talk about advocating for other veterans. Uh, how rewarding is that for you? Oh, yeah, that's. I said, if I could have a full time just doing that, and my wife always tells me, like you, you know, when you go into certain situations, you know, they're like, you know, who are you? And I'm, I don't really have a title, you know, other than just like you said, being an advocate. But it's like, I'm here to support this guy and make sure that the right thing's done for him, because you know he served our country, and you know, there's no need for him to ever be wrongfully bypassed or you know, some. It's just usually, you know, it takes that one person to stand up and, you know, call someone out before they realize, yeah, they, they, they can't do that. And it was wrong. And, uh, you know, just being part of the veteran, you know, veteran community and having that support. And I'm sure others would do that for me. So I, uh, it, it's a sense of fulfillment that I get just by knowing, you know, you can help somebody. And like I said, you, you know, people have a very strong card they can hold for some of these veterans because, you know, these guys that are in a tough way, it's like you can give them a break or whatever, you know, not even a break, but give them an opportunity and let them, you know, persevere and, you know, do great things. Or you could, you know, not give them a break or, you know, decline a job. And sometimes it's a very hard and fast, slippery slope that these guys go down. So I always try to put that in the front of people's heads to say, guys, like, you know, it's you you could do something really good or you, you could do something that, you know, would, would kind of send this guy, you know, into a spiral, you know, cause a lot of these guys come back and, you know, if they get a DU, you know, a DUI that hangs over their head um, because they're dealing with something that they should be getting help for. Uh, that's when I try to, you know, step in and say, you know, this guy needs a second chance. Like he can't have this on, hanging over him because he made a mistake and he's dealing with something that not a lot of us people, especially civilians would ever even understand. Absolutely. And that's why programs like the Homeland Heroes Foundation are so important. Um, and we're as being, being a volunteer on the Homeland Heroes. Um, I'm glad to have you in our corner. Yeah. Anything you guys need. I mean, I, you, you know, I'll always be there. So. And we'll be there for you. <laughs> Yep. No, you already have. So <laughs> that's why I'm here tonight. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for joining us and thank you for sharing your story um, and continuing to serve and help people. Um, that's super com- commem- commemorable and honorable of you. So um, ha- yep. glad- happy to have you as a service member, happy to have you as a part of the human race, doing some good for the world. <laughs> thank you. Um, bravo, bravo, Zulu, Bob, bravo, Zulu. <laughs> Thank you. I'm trying. We'll, we'll try to keep it going. All right. One last question for you. And then we're going to have to, uh, log off for the night, but, um, it's how we end all of our shows, or at least how we've started to end all of our shows. Um, if you had to do it all over again, Bob, would you? Yes. I do it all over again. I would have done it sooner. I would have done it right after high school. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have wasted almost two years of just, you know, being a derelict in college, trying to 
do something that I definitely wasn't at that time, you know, shouldn't have been doing. So yes, I would do it all over again in a heartbeat. Probably wouldn't have been as sweet though, if you didn't have those couple of years of being derelict. <laughs> no, no. I looked back and I said, I kind of needed to be a mess in my life for a little bit to realize, you know, okay, this is a bad spot. And if you continue doing this, it's most likely, you know, you're not going to really get ahead much in life. So uh, you need to feel, you need, you really need to feel that to, in order to appreciate where that was and promise yourself that you'll never be at that low point ever again. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Bob, again, for joining us and sharing your story. Art, thanks for joining us again tonight as well. Um, thank Always you for a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us for the last part of Bob's story. This podcast is brought to you by the Homeland Heroes Foundation, an organization dedicated to the reacclimation support of active duty service members, veterans, and their families in their time of need. To learn more, visit homelandheroesfoundation.org. Thank you to our production team at DairyCam, creating connection through story for a better world. Learn more by visiting dairycam.org. Thank you for listening, and make sure you subscribe to the Homeland Heroes Salute wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs>